take your Bible if you have it. Someone around you doesn't have one, would you share with them? Because I want you to see the launching verse for what we're going to talk about today. Exceptional believing. And in uh, chapter 9 of the book of Mark, Jesus said unto them, now listen, this came out of the words of God. This came out of the word, out of the mouth of the God that we were just singing about. And he said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. That'll make it a little bit easier for you. We'll say it this way. If you can believe, all things are possible. I want every person in this building to take that away in your heart today. So let's say it together. Now we'll look at the verses around it, but this is the launching pad for what I want to say today. Let's say this, if you would. If you can believe, say that. All things are possible. Now let's just put it all together. One, two, three. If you can believe, all things are possible. You see what we've been talking about on the verge of 2012, we've been talking about how God would allow us through his word and through the things that he has enabled us to be able to do, we can literally be on the verge of the greatest year of any life that we have ever imagined. We talked about from the very beginning, visual thinking, but I want to tell you something. Believing God gives meaning to visual thinking. We talked about exponential reason, uh, reaching. Believing gives motive to our reaching. We talk about radical living. But believing gives power to radical living. We talk about generational connecting last week. And how important it is for everyone to be drawn to the very same concept and vision given to us in the word of God. But this gives purpose to us connecting together. I want to just say something to you this morning about this matter of exceptional believing. Exceptional, uh, ex exceptional only as we are compared to the world around us. Not exceptional in relationship to those who found the secret in the Word of God that opens the door of God to all we can imagine. The Bible says... That he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can what? Ask or even think. Now what I'm going to say to you this morning is, visual thinking is great. But without believing in God, you'll never be able to have what you could have. It takes the air out of all the other four. But if you can energize. Visual thinking, exponential reaching, radical living, generational connecting, and connect that to believing in the eternal God, God will accomplish things in your life and mine that we could ever imagine. I wrote this down. It is my firm conviction that God has made available all that we need in this life. Whether it's food, shelter, inward peace, powerful service. It is not God's will for us to live poor, miserable, defeated lives. This dishonors God. He wants all to have peace and power. How are these things obtained? In the simplest way, through faith in God. Faith is looking to God for help. Faith is the hand that reaches out to take God's gift 
and God's provision. Faith is resting and relying on the Lord for the fulfillment of His promises. The most tragic thing a Christian can do is to be filled with unbelief. Unbelief shuts out God's blessings. Unbelief keeps God's blessings from others that could flow through us. Perhaps the greatest compliment you can give to any person is to say, that person is a person of faith. Faith changes things. Faith changes people. Faith changes the future. This is all set up in Mark chapter 9 when you begin to read the story of this man as he came to Jesus. If you have your Bible open to Mark chapter 9, I'd like to begin back a little bit further than that. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus is out ministering among the people. He's, they've been seeing him do incredible things. But one of the multitude, the Bible says, said to him, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. He cannot talk. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth at the mouth, and he gnashes with his teeth, and he pineth, or he's just wasting away. And I spake to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you and take care of you? Bring him unto me. Now I want to say something. I'm going to stop right here. If there's anything you have in your life that is so precious to you that you just do not think you could let it go, let it die, so big in your life you don't think you could walk over it, his advice right here to this man is the best advice you'll ever see or, or hear. It says, bring it to me. This coming Wednesday night we're going to conclude one of the greatest Bible studies that I've ever been a part of. It's called The Circle Makers. And it is, it, we've had the largest attendances on Wednesday night. I want to encourage you to be there. It's learning how to circle that thing. Just like that man brought his son to Jesus. He actually put a circle around him. He brought him to Jesus and said, Jesus, I can't handle this. I can't, can you do anything? Now watch, what, now watch the next little thing. And he asked his father, how long ago since this came upon him? And he said, of a child. That Greek word is there. Where we get our, uh, our word from little ones, little babies, infants, pediatrics. It's the root word for pediatric. Since he was a little bitty one, this thing came on him. And oftentimes they have cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. And now look at what he said. You ought to write my, uh, mark this if you have got but if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I do believe, help thou my unbelief. And Jesus saw that people came running together and he rebuked the foul spirit saying, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried, rending him sore and cast and came out of him. And he was as one dead insomuch as they that were around said, He's dead. 
But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come unto his house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast this spirit out of this little boy? And he said, This kind comes not out but by prayer and fasting. We have an illustration right here where you can head on, head to head, concept to concept, power to power between God and the evil spirit that works in this world. And guess who came out of the champion? The one we were just thinking about. Our God. For if our God is for us, who can stand against us? Why? Do not live below what God has already bought for us and paid for us. Exceptional believing connects everything God has promised between us and God himself. You see, there was an if here. There were two of them, actually. This man came to Jesus and he said, if you can do anything, please help us. Jesus turned it right back and said, if you can believe, all things are what? Possible to him that believes. Exceptional believing. The word can here is an interesting word. Notice that Jesus didn't ask him, if you believe. He wasn't asking him, do you believe? He was asking him, can you believe? He said, Pastor, does that make a difference? It makes all the difference in the world. He was not calling on this man's power to believe. He was calling on something inside this man who would give him the power to believe. If you can believe. And this man said, I do believe, but my belief is weak. Help thou my unbelief. I'm divided. I'm trying to rely on my spirit to believe and not relying on God's spirit to believe. And I want to say something to you right now in this meeting. If you're not a Christian today, you do not have the power living inside you to believe enough to be able to receive all that God has for you. The first step to connecting with all God has for any of us is to open your heart and open your hand and say, Lord, I do believe. Come into me. Forgive me. Save me. I choose you as my Lord and Savior. I choose you as my champion. And today I believe in you. And now you have the power when you have Christ living in you. There are three thoughts I want to wrap this series up with today. I want to talk about the access that comes from believing in God. Romans chapter 4 verse 21 says, and being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he is able to perform. Being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he can and will perform. Believing, listen carefully, is the link that connects us to all God's promises. Thousands of promises in the Bible that are linked to you through believing in Christ. If thou canst believe, 
If you are able, that word there, if you are able, if you can, is really the word dunamis, where we get the word power. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the what? Power of God himself. That is God's power living in you to enable you to believe. Help thou my unbelief, God shall I will. You see, believing is the link. Believing is the latch on the door to all God's provision. Hebrews chapter 6, listen carefully. He that would come to God must first believe that he is. And that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Must first believe that he is. Have you ever gone to a door and thought you had the key and didn't? Isn't that frustrating? How come this sorry key won't work? I know this is the right one. Some of you guys, have you come home and your wife has changed the lock on the door? That is a bad feeling. You see the door. You know what it'll take to open it, but you have the wrong what? Key. And I'm telling you this morning, the right key is to completely, simply, honestly believe that God can do it. And if you have that, you have the right key that will unlock the door. The third thing this does, believing, is the lookout of vision. Well, I got it so excited about this point. You see, I know that believing is the link, and I know that believing is the latch, but I also am thankful that believing is the lookout. When I began to look at this, in Genesis chapter 22 and 14, it says this, And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said unto this day, in the mount of the Lord. Woo! God took him up on the mountain of belief, so he could reveal to him that he was a Jehovah Jireh God. And God wants to take you and me up on the mountain of belief so we can see down the road and envision all the things that God would have us to attempt for him and believe him for. 27 times God took Moses to a mountain. He took Isaac, he took Jacob, he took Joshua, he took David, he took his disciples, he took the multitudes, he met God in the mountain. That's the mountain of belief. I want to show you something. Come up here and you'll be able to see that vision. Come up with me to the mountain. I call this the mountain of belief. When we climb the mountain. Three hundred and thirty times in the Bible, God uses the word mountain or mount. We're talking about leaving the world behind. Meeting God so that God can give us a vision of what He wants to do with us. You can't see it when you're stepping on the world level. You can't see it when you're looking at it through your own strength. You can't believe it when you're just relying on your own resources. But when you and I can get up to the mount of God and stand beside our God, just like he did with Abraham, just like he did with Moses, just like he did with Joshua, just like he did all those others, God takes us up and says, let me show you all that I can do if thou canst believe.
The second thing I want you to think about is that the action that comes from believing in God. Do we act different if I really believe in God? If, if, if I really believe in God, I'll attempt great things. If I really believe in God, I'll trust big things. If I really believe in God, I will accept great challenges. There's an action that comes from believing in God. I believe this. I believe true believers read and search the Bible. Did y'all say that? You agree with my head like this. Not yet like this whether you believe it or not. Because that's true. You, this, this book is God in print. You want to know God read this book? This book is the treasure chest of all that God can do, His power. If you want to know His power, read this book. This book contains all the promises of God for you and me. If you want to know these promises, read this book. I believe there are five levels that every Christian ought to pursue with the Word of God. First of all, the Bible says search or read the Scriptures. Search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and there they which testify of me. You'll find God when you start searching the Bible. You'll find out who he is. Secondly, the Bible says study it. Study it. Next week you're going to hear from some of the young champions in our church, and I'm so proud. I, 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 I'm, I, I know this is not a proper word, but I'm about to bust. I know it's supposed to be burst, but where I come from, people bust. Pride. You know why? Some of these young champions in our church are studying their Bible. They're on a quest right now to read the Bible through in 90 days. They're taking steps to study. The Bible says for us to study the Word of God. Rightly dividing the Word of truth. Third thing is meditate. It says meditate there and get you a verse every morning. We've learned to circle verses. Man, that's a good concept. When you read the Bible and a verse of Scripture jumps out and you say, Whoa, that's for me. Circle that thing. Say, I claim, Lord, I claim that verse for the day. And think about it. Meditate on it all day long. If you think through this and meditate on this throughout this day and really look at it, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Your life will be changed. The Bible talks in Psalm 1 about the man who meditates. Blessed is that man. And he says that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Bring forth fruit. Meditating, reading, studying, meditating. Memorize the word of God. Memorize it. Commit it to memory. Now, don't be like me, totally. I have many, many, many verses of Scripture memorized. You know where I fall down? I can't remember their address. I don't know where they live. Somebody said, Preacher, do you have a verse for this? I've got a verse for this. Where is it? I don't know. I, I, I need that. I need, the, I need to put my addresses together with the content. But I know the verse. And memorize it. God will bring 
I, I want to show you very openly today. Through our lifetime, maybe I'll remind. God has done what I'm talking about. We've committed it to memory. And at a particular time in our life when we needed it more than we could even imagine, God would reach in the bank of our memory and get us right here with a verse that had been memorized maybe years before. Some of you know that one of our children was burned terribly bad. She was just learning how to walk. About, what, two years old, I guess, something like that, one, one and a half, maybe, I don't remember exactly, but very, very young. Pulled up on the cabinet, cooking, watching, family was stop watching, and gets on that boiling potato water and it went just all over her face and terribly burned, third degree burns all over her. We went to the burn unit in Indiana, Indianapolis. Those doctors looked at it and they said, we're sorry. You'll have to go through months, perhaps years, of rebuilding your face because it's burned all the way through. Third degree all the way. We saw babies up and down the hall with skin, pieces of skin on their face. Grotesque. The morning that they were supposed to start, the skin grafting and that long process, her face was all wrapped up. Maydell was sitting in the room her little bed, little stain, stainless steel bed over there, and Maida was rocking her as the sun came up and praying. And as the sun came up in the east, it shone through that window and hit that stainless steel bed and just flooded the room. And the Holy Spirit brought out the bank of her mind this verse, and the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing. It is weak. Where'd that come from? That came from memorizing. Stick it in your hand. Holy Spirit reached in and got it. This is for the day. And the doctors came and they gathered all around. They took all that stuff all wrapped her head and wrapped her little head. And he began to pinch around on her face. And he said, I can't believe this. I can't really believe this. He said, I see a little bit of growth. I see a little something under that skin. I don't even believe it. We better wait. They came back in later. They came back the next morning. If you know anything about burn patients and their recovery, you'll know what a miracle this is. Nine days later, we took her home. Still wrapped, but the, guy, the doctor said, you guys can do it. Healing's on the way. Take care of her home. We took care of What I'm saying to you, the power of the Word of God, true believers, believers, read the Word of God, study the Word of God, meditate the Word of God, memorize the Word of God, true believers obey the Word of God. What does God say about this? I'm amazed at how many people argue with God's Word. Well, I don't know. That may be good for somebody else. God doesn't care. He puts it out there for our benefit. Everything he writes in his books for our benefit. True believers believe the word of God. True believers pray fervently. I tell you one thing: when I'm in a tough time, I want somebody I know can pray to God. Don't you? I mean, you want somebody to? So we had it this morning. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm still kind of quaking. Man, we had young, middle-aged, old people back in our prayer room back in there, 
And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God came down that room. True believers pray. True believers attend the church faithfully. They set a priority on the house of God. They believe it when God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. But they come to church. This is the family of God. He has revealed Himself to the Word. It says, you are my body. Can you imagine what a guy would look like if he showed up to work with as many parts missing on his body when he gets to work as we have missing in our church on Sunday morning? Wow. It's that like the type, but I've only got one finger left. We're the body of Christ. True believers make a priority to be in God's house, to hear God's word, to enter, take it in and go out with it. True believers give cheerfully and obedient. If you really believe the promises of God, you know that God promises to bless those who bless Him. And God has blessed us. And God says, man, be a God the Lord. Love is a cheerful giver. I mean, don't squeeze that dollar so bad that the president only groans when you Oh man, be a generous receiver and be a generous giver. And God will bless us. True believers understand the promises of God. And I believe true believers share eagerly. And I realize that my neighbor's lost. My friend is lost. Last night. One of our men called me and shared with me and let me know that a member of one of our church families, a precious lady in our church, was in the hospital and they didn't know. And I went to the hospital and he was awake. Oxygen mask over his nose. I could see the color on his cheek. And he recognized it. That was, that was really amazing. He said, hello, Pastor. He was almost out. Put my hand on his shoulder and said, man... I just want to come let you know we love you and we're praying for you. Not his head like that. We talked about some other things. And then I said, I want to ask you something. Have you ever opened your heart and received Christ as your Savior? And under that mask, a little smile. And he said, Yes, sir. I said, Are you afraid? He said, No, sir. If you had a loved one, Right on the brink of death. Wouldn't that mean a lot to you? I know where my brother's going. I know where my sister's going. I know where my cousin's going. I know where my sweetheart's going. I know where my best friend is going. I believe true believers share with those that they care about and those that God cares about. And then the third thing is this. The advantage that comes from believing God. One of the greatest illustrations of this is the man that we know in the Old Testament named Joseph. There is an advantage. You live an advantaged life if you and I can really believe God. In Joseph chapter 39 and verse 3, in Joseph chapter 39, <laughs> nobody reacted. I don't know. My mind was that just made a really bad mistake right there. What are you saying? You're crazy. I'm going to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Don't mess up my mouth. Okay. 
But in Genesis 39 and verse 3, it says this, and it starts a whole litany. In verse 3 it says, And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Verse 5. And the blessings of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house because he was with him and in the field. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And verse 23. And the keeper of the prison looked to him, looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. There is an advantage that comes from believing in God. Just look at the life of, of Joseph. The believer gets to see God's presence. The Lord was with him. When he was a young man, very young man, he had a dream. He realized that was God's dream. That's the advantage of believing. He shared it with his brothers. They got jealous. He shared it with his parents. They didn't really understand. But he had been in the presence of God. He acknowledged God. He believed that dream. And they persecuted him for it. But I just want to say this to you. The believer sees God's presence. When he dreamed, he was betrayed by his brothers. But God was with him in the pit. God was with him in Potiphar's house. God was with him in prison. God was with him in the palace. God sat beside him when he sat beside Pharaoh. God helped him when he ruled Egypt. And when he saved Egypt by planning and putting back seven years, when they had all these things, and then God told him, Go set it out. There's going to be 70 years. And he did that. And that became the greatest benefit, financial benefit for the country that he served. When he was dying, God was with him. Wow. Every place he went, because he believed God from his young child, David cried, Lord, I have loved you from my youth. You have not failed me one time. I'm telling you, I don't care where you are in life. Decide today, I'm going to believe that God is in me if I've received him. I'm going to believe that God is with me. And I am going to accept his presence. And I'm going to try to live in his power so I can do the other four things that we talked about. It energizes all. The believer sees God's power to protect. The believer sees God's power to provide. The believer sees God's power to rescue. Paul was on a missionary journey. There was a storm that came up. Greek word for that storm was luke you luke Lugdon or something like that. E-U Lugdon or something. It was what, it's our word for hurricane. They were out in the ocean. Now, you know, back in those days, they didn't have all this land, shore stuff. They were out there. So a hurricane comes sweeping through. The rock Lugdon. I got it right They fought it. They threw everything in the ship over to lighten the ship. Ship began to break up. The Bible says God met Paul in the night. You ever had God meet you in the night? I guarantee you it'll strengthen you to text him things when God meets with you in the night. 
And God said, Paul, I've given you everybody on the ship. Go tell everybody they're going to be all right. Ship was breaking up. They had to carry it up. There were planks floating around. And Paul called everybody, all these seamen up on the ship. And he said, guys, I'm going to tell you something. Last night, God stood beside me and he said, we're all going to make it. We're going to make it to the shore. And he's speaking to these hardened seamen. And then he said to them, and sirs, I believe God. And God kept his word and not one of those seamen and not one of the passengers drank. I believe God. The believer sees God's power to protect, to provide, to rescue, and to keep his promises. The believer sees God's purpose. The believer sees through the circumstances of life, he looks below him and he says, God has a purpose for this. Sometimes that's hard to do, right? Come on, let's go. God, have you forgotten me? God, what happened? But exceptional believing helps us to see below the surface and say, in this difficulty, God has a purpose. And God knows what he's doing. Somebody sent me. I get all kinds of things sent to me. I didn't know that you could unlist from all that stuff. So somebody said, you know, you, you, get not, can, you can actually... What do you call it when you unsubscribe? I didn't know that. Y'all have anything to have on my computer? We'd get up in the morning, it'd be 80, 90, 100 you know, by the time we got up. God, I like that button, unsubscribe. But somebody sent me this. I'm not going to unsubscribe you if it was you. It's a conversation between a man and God. And it just fits with what I was talking about. Real believers use God's purpose. It starts out me. I'm in a tizzy. And I say, God, can I ask you something? God says, sure. But promise me, God, you won't get mad. I promise. Me frustrated. Why did you let so much happen to me today? Bad stuff. So I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I woke up late. God says, yes. And my, my car wouldn't start. It took me forever to get my car started. God says, okay. Growling, I said, at lunch. They made my sandwich wrong and I had to wait. God says, hmm. Figure it out. And on the way home, my phone went dead just as I picked it up to call. Call was coming in to die. God says, all right. Me loudly. And to top it all off, when I got home, I just wanted to soak my feet and my foot massager and I wanted to relax, but the crazy thing wouldn't work. Nothing is right today. Why did you do all this? God. Well, let me see. This morning, the death angel was at your bed and I had to send the other angels to battle for your life. So I let you sleep through it. Me humbled. Oh. I didn't let your car start because there was a drunk driver on your route just down the road that would probably have hit you 
and you have been killed. May it shed you. The first person who made your sandwich today was very sick. I didn't want you to catch what he had because I knew you couldn't miss work, so I finagled it around so you wouldn't get that sandwich. Oh. Your phone went dead because the person that was calling was going to give you a false witness about what you said on that call. I didn't even let you talk to them so you would be covered. Mm, I see. God. Oh, the foot massager? It had a shortage that was going to throw out all of the power in your house tonight. I didn't think you wanted to be in the dark all night. Me. I'm sorry, God. God says, don't be sorry. Just learn to trust me in all things, the good and the bad. Me. I, I, I will trust you, God. God. And don't doubt that my plan for your day is always better than your plan. Me. I want God. And let me just tell you, God. Thank you for everything you did today. And God said, you're welcome, child. It was just another day of being your God and watching out for my kid. A true believer gets to see God's provision even when we don't understand. Amen. You ever been like that? And I have. Driving down the road, minding my own business, happy as a lark, singing with the radio, and some food pulls out in front of me. And I'm, hmm. Now, who do you think you are? After reading this, I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus. Who knows? Right down the road. Right? We're talking about the power of believing in a real God that energizes everything else along the way to help us to be on the verge of a great year. And it all starts, and I want to challenge you with this. Don't play with your salvation. If you're not sure that Christ is in your life, that's the most important thing of all. Make sure you know Christ. Once he is in your life, realize that he wants to have a relationship. Seek him through his word, serve him through prayer, and all the things that a believer really does. And of all things, realize that God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Realize he'll be with you in your dream. He'll be with you when you're being cast out, rejected. Soul in the slavery. He'll be with you in the pit. He'll be with you in the prison. He'll be with you in Potiphar's house. He'll be with you when you have responsibility. He will be there when you die. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our God. And our God is worth believing. Amen? Father, help us this day. We realize that our visions and our dreams wait on our connecting with you to give them power and energy and reality. We realize that all the things we've been studying about will wait 
on the energizing of the Holy Spirit. But God, once you give us those things, once you give us a dream, once you give us a way to look to you, once you give us that vision of exponential reaching, once you give us all those things, Lord, Help us to realize that they can only be accomplished through the power of the Holy Spirit. And through prayer. And through being clean and committed. Let's keep our heads bowed just for a moment. I don't know whenever I've had greater joy than to be able to preach this series. I believe that God wants to do a work in His church that none of us can even imagine. And I believe today is a good day for us to say to God, our Father, Lord, I do believe. And what part of me doesn't believe? God, help thou my unbelief. And maybe be willing to stand up in our ship like Paul did and declare, Sirs, people, I believe God. And watch Him keep those promises. With every head bowed, I want to ask you a question. We don't do this all the time, but it's good. How many in this building say, Pastor, I can take you to the spot. I remember the day. I remember the experience when I opened my heart and asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. And like, I, I want to thank Him for being my Savior. I am trusting in Him. You slip up your hand just as a testimony and thanks. Aren't you glad you know that? Don't you wish everybody knew that? If you couldn't say that, I thank you for being honest. But I wonder how many of you would say, Pastor, I haven't gotten there yet. But you know what? I know what you're saying is true. And I do want to go to heaven when I die. And I want God to know that. Would you slip up your hand just so I can see it? I mean, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you back there. God knows my heart. I really do. If you raise your hand the second time, I want you to just listen to me. Everything God has ever done since He created the world was to put into place the plan. So when you die, you can go to heaven. Everything He's done. He created the world. He made man. But the Bible says that Jesus, before the foundation of the world, was crucified for us. Today is the day that you need to make that settled. Two steps I want you to consider this morning. First, in a moment, I'm going to lead you in prayer. I want you to pray that. Really mean it. Number two, I'm going to ask you to let us pray with you and nail this thing down. I want to get your name. I want to send you something that will help you in your spiritual growth. So if you have a desire, I want you to imagine Christ in front of you, and I want you to pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I do believe that you died for me. I have some doubt about my salvation and I don't want it anymore. I'm not sure. Right now, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. 
God, live inside me. Help me live for you. And when I die, take me to heaven. I want you to know I believe in you. Help me to believe in you. Thank you. Nobody looking around. Have me pray that you really meant it. Let me just say, God bless you. moment, we're going to stand, we're going to sing. I want you to come down and shake my hand. Say, I want to nail this thing down. I want to know for sure. shake my hand. I'll be here. For all the rest of us, I want to invite you this morning. Our prayer circles, those who believe in prayer, may want to pray for somebody else, may want to pray for God to save a friend. Maybe you have somebody that needs prayer. I just want to invite you this morning to exercise the right you and I have to pray to a big God and leave your burden at this altar in His hands. Father, lead us. Thank you that you can say of us, as you said, Joseph, the Lord 